The Man in Line with Andy Wint. Fast Dubai, good afternoon. Welcome to Man in Line on Manx Radio. Seven minutes after 12, Manx Care today with Teresa Coke, Chief Executive, and a couple of special guests we'll get to in just a few moments' time. But you're on. Call, text, email, and WhatsApp. Final chance to speak to Manx Care this year, so the floor is yours. It's down to you. Master Mike, good afternoon. Uh, Teresa Cope, how are we doing? I'm good, thank you, Andy. How Jolly, are you? Good, thank you. You've got a couple of special guests. Uh, who are they? Yes, yeah, some very special guests. So, uh, Linda Thompson. Linda heads up our Integrated uh, Women and Children's and Family Services. And Mrs. Michelle Moroni, who's one of our consultants. Okay. Um, so, uh, uh, Linda, you are care, care Group Manager for Integrated Women, Children's and Families. Is that right? That's right, yes, Andy. Big title. What do you do? Okay, so um, big title, um, but very very much part of a team so um, within the care group we deliver services which are specific to paediatrics to neonates to um, the acute sector for um, f- for both those fields um, health visiting school nursing infant feeding sexual assault referral centre integrated sexual health services and maternity services. Uh, it, uh, interesting there and um, one thing that you mentioned in there which just uh, piqued my interest and that is infant feeding yes yes um, what's the trend in infant feeding is it breast or is it bottle well a lot of our mums um, start the journey um, through the antenatal period very much wanting to um, t- to to take the pathway of breastfeeding um, and I'd say the majority up to about 70% of our mums start the journey within the first 10 days of breast milk um, and then for whatever reason we have a success rate through to about six months in the region of about 35 to 40% but that's primarily in regards to um, circumstances Circumstances on 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 what women um, feel comfortable doing or what women are able to do. So there's lots of reasons why women make different choices. Okay, Michelle Maroney, uh, long time, uh, long, well, I, I say I was going to say veteran. I'll say um, <laughs> long time <laughs> consultant in obstetrics and gynaecology. Faster, my good afternoon, Michelle. Good afternoon, Andy. Uh, good to have you. So, uh, are you retired or aren't you? Very good question. I, yes, I am retired um, from my full time obstetrics and gynaecology practice so no more getting out of bed at three o'clock in the morning for emergency deliveries uh, but I am still on a, a limited contract so that I can support the and maintain the satellite IVF um, service that I set up when I first came here and uh, Linda very kindly asked me to help and assist trying to improve women's health services on the island so my special interest um, out of uh, a lot of women's health issues and concerns is menopause care. And is that 
better known now than it used to be? What's the situation oh, with, with menopause? I think I think menopause, of course, has now been sort of front front line in the public eye for a number of years. Davina McCord has has revolutionised women talking about uh, menopause and and seeking treatment for menopause. But to be fair, a lot of women are still poorly informed, and also it's it's getting information from the right sources. Um, there's a lot of disinformation and misinformation. Um, obviously, women are, are going to see their GPs more uh, for information uh, and help with menopause. And there, I think, also we've got a, an educational issue amongst GPs and 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 practice nurses uh, where we can improve improve the knowledge that they have so they can guide and direct ladies to the, the best sources of help and care. Because it's not always a tablet. How much responsibility does the... Um the wild west of the social media and the internet bear responsibility for misinformation? I think it's does it, it, it does play a large part. It has it has increased awareness. But what you find is is with a lot of, of health issues you will get a you'll get a celebrity with a health issue and you'll get an upsurge in interest um, and then it will gradually disappear again. Uh, we had the same issue with with um, cervical cancer a few years ago with Jade getting cervical cancer and seeking treatment and then we had a big upsurge in women coming for their cervical smears and of course now rates are falling because people forget. Interesting. If you want to talk to uh, Linda Thompson or Michelle Maroney, get in touch. And uh, Teresa Cope is here, the chief exec of... Um, and we've always talked about this, so we might as well get it over with. <laughs> money. Yes, yes. And I guess I always want to take this opportunity, um, Andy, to sort of really explain the Manx Care finances. Um, I know Chief Minister was on, on the show on Friday, and we recognise the importance of staying within our budget. And, um, you know, we are looking towards next year uh, being really, really clear that we set a, a balanced budget. Um, but I also feel huge responsibility to uh, demonstrate to all the taxpayers that Manx Care is doing everything it possibly can um, to spend our money wisely, efficiently and get best value for money. So, you know, we are overspending. Um, that's always been in our board papers right from month one, actually. And we are trying to reduce that. We're currently forecasting around a £27 million overspend. Um, but I want to just explain how that's made up. So of that £27 million, uh, £9.2 million of that is just awarding our staff a pay award. Um, so as you'll have seen, we now have concluded the pay awards for last year. Um, so that's really, really positive news. It means we don't have any further strike action planned. Um, and it's a really welcome position to get to with our staff side colleagues. Um, other um, £7 million is as a result of some of the new services that we have established. So things like the frailty service, and we know we had a caller last time who really spoke highly of the new frailty service, the new investments into the frailty ward out into the community, the long service uh, and the long COVID service. Uh, £9 million is just inflationary costs, increased costs of drugs, increased complex cases, increased contract values. And 
2.8 million is linked to some of the new investments. So making sure our wards have safe staffing levels, the vaccine services fully funded, the sexual assault referral centre, which is obviously linked as part of the women's health strategy um, and investments in safeguarding. So, uh, you know, as much as we absolutely um, take our responsibilities, I think it is really, really important we explain. And if I sort of take that one step further this year in order to have um, reduced that overspend you know I think it is the the dilemma we either don't pay our staff a, a pay award we take nine million pounds out of frontline services or we overspend by nine million pounds and I think those were the difficult decisions we had and um, but actually you know that's why so much effort is is going into making sure we we start next financial year in a clear better position with a balanced base budget um, you mentioned the equation or the the, the flow chart last time, but it bears repetition. Where does DHSC sit in the negotiations between you and Treasury? So um, we don't have any direct um, conversations with Treasury. The Department of Health and Social Care do that on our behalf and the department sets our budget and also tells us what we do need to deliver during that year and that is via our mandate. So they, they in very simple terms, they tell us what money we have and they tell us what services we need to deliver for that money. Okay, Julian's first on Man in Line. You're live with Manx Care and Teresa Cope. Julian? Hi, Andy. Nice to hear you back. And um, hello, hi, to Julian. Hi, hi. Um, got a question for Theresa on uh, future health legislation. Uh, just wanted, Theresa, are you aware of a UK parliamentary debate taking place at half past four uh, this afternoon regarding changes to the international health regulations, which effectively sets um, DHSC and Manx Care's health policies? Sorry, I just missed the start of that question, Julian. Would you mind just repeating it? Yeah, sure. Um, are you aware of a UK parliamentary debate that's taking place at Hoppers 4 today uh, regarding changes to the international health regulations which sets um, DHSC and Manx Care's health policies? No, I'm not, Julian. Do you want to fill me in? Oh, OK. Um, yeah, I mean, there has been a, a little bit of talk about this, but the amendments, if they go through, would oblige the Isle of Man to receive its health um, policies from about 724 miles away at the World Health Organization's headquarters in Geneva. Um, the implication of this is that unelected officials will be able to dictate measures as far as even lockdowns, masks, mandatory vaccinations, um, travel, access to shops, hospitals, nursing homes. Um, and it, some of the other changes that will apply to this will be that uh, they'll be based not on a confirmed uh, outbreak, but by declaring something called a fake which is an acronym for Public Health Emergency of International Concern. Um, it also, these new amendments, which you're currently running under, but will change, will be the removal of words like non-binding. They're going to change words like may into shall. Um, and they're going to remove a sentence which is with full respect for the dignity, human rights and fundamental freedoms of persons. Um, just wondering what you make of all that. Well, I mean, first of all, what do you make of it, Julian? What do you think of that uh, debate? It's a debate, did you say, or a committee? Yeah, it's a result of 116,000 people signing a petition which takes it over the 100,000 threshold, which forces um, a debate in Parliament if people um, think strongly enough about it. 
but effectively um, things like the MHRA would no longer really be used anymore. Everything would come out of Geneva. Um, so we wouldn't really be able to set our own health policies anymore. And even on the basis of, even if it was, well, there might be something, therefore we're going to um, recommend that you all lock down and take, take this particular medication. Uh, is that a, something you're aware of? It's not something I'm aware of actually taking place this afternoon. But I think this sort of whole piece around, you know, what's within the gift and control of Manx Care? Where does the Department of Health and Social Care fit in? Where does public health fit in? Where does policy on the island fit in? I think that comes up quite a bit. And, and we've we've always tried to answer it. I'm not trying to fudge it. It's just obviously it isn't for Manx Care. We are a contributor to that. And actually, if there is policy change or legislation change, that is very much for the Department of Health and social care to, to consider um, it, it is slightly more simplistic for Manx Care in that we will deliver what we are being asked to do in the um, in the mandate which is basically our instruction um, on an annual basis from the department about what services they want to deliver so in lots of respects those sort of broader decisions which need more sort of governmental uh, and policy decisions those are sort of outside of Manx Care but I think it's it's always interesting isn't it as to how much we follow uh, what happens in the UK and certainly on the vaccination we've we've always been very clear we are following um, following the JVCI guidance which is that that joint vaccination committee um, and we but you know we haven't deviated from that so far but uh, but it, it is an interesting debate and and perhaps one that when DHSC come on the show can they can perhaps respond uh, to okay because DHSC is policy Manx is delivering services Julian I think yeah, yeah. Just, I'm just interested on her take on it. You know, if um, if she's receiving instruction from DHSC, who are just taking it from, I don't know, the uh, Director General of the WHO, Tedros Adhaman uh, Ghebreyesus, um, and a lot of these um, articles are sort of they're they're demanding of the 184 um, signatory countries if they don't opt out. Um, to actually abide by these rulings, uh, okay. sort of like a one-size-fits-all. All right. Now, thanks uh, thanks uh, for that point today, Julian. And here's another one in from Texter375. Could you please ask Teresa Cope, is Manx Care prioritising a replacement building for Radcliffe Villas, respite facility in Douglas over Comal Moor, elderly persons complex in Ramsey? Which one's, which one's happening first? Do we know? So um, the position is that they're both still as part of the capital scheme. Um, again, probably important to point out that the Department of Health and Social Care have responsibility for the capital programme. Uh, Manx Care doesn't own any of the buildings that we deliver services for. Uh, from. They are the responsibility of the department. Um, there is a position around Comal Moor in that um, additional funding has been put forward to get us to what's called i 2 stage so to complete the design and to fully cost what it will cost to replace common more that's still progressing as is Radcliffe Villas we do know and and you'll have heard David Hamilton speaking on Manx Radio last Friday um, about the review that we have done into respite provision um, how stretched that service is how there is increased demand and how ultimately we do need to make sure the environment in respite provision is is ad adequate so um, both of those schemes Radcliffe 
Radcliffe Villas and Cumble Moor remain on the capital programme. And uh, 284 says, Merry Christmas to Theresa Coat. What are the plans for dermatology on the Isle of Man? Is there a, no dermatologist available from May 2024? Is that right? Um, so we have Dr. Neil Hepburn, who's been one of our long-standing visiting dermatologists um, who retires um, from May. Yeah, that, that's, that's right. Um, we have been looking at uh, a, a consultant service. So that is out to advert. There's a couple of options here. Um, we do work with a number of partners and, um, and we're very interested in linking up with the Northwest and, and our consultants in the Northwest who provide this. Um, but you will also know know that we started a scheme called uh, GPs with extended scope in dermatology um, as part of the sort of program of, of work in Manx Care about two and a half years ago. All of those GPs with extended role have have now sort of qualified. They are all seeing patients in their own rights, um, supported by a lead GP. Um, and, and that service is wrapped around with um, some excellent clinical nurse specialists who work out of the Ramsey Skin Service. So um, we do know we need to replace Neil Hepburn. Uh, we do need a, an on-island physical presence for the dermatology service and that's the consultant that we are currently looking to secure through a couple of different routes and we'll be able to be um, updating everybody in the new year. Okay, and Hi and you're live with Teresa Cope and Manx Care. Hey Andy, hi Teresa. Hi, hi Jewan. How are you? Good, thank you. How hi, are you? Hi. I'm very good. I'm very good. Hope you can sort Andy out while you're up there. He keeps having sick days off. Have a word from him while you're up there. See if you can sort some medication out for him. He's, uh, um, right, um, just like a little bit of housekeeping before I start. I think the last time that I spoke to you, Teresa, I mentioned about the increase of shingles, and I think both you and Andy said that you'd not heard about that. I just wanted to touch on to um, uh, a report by uh, healthtoday.com just saying why are shingles on the increase in the UK? I'd just like to just, just validate in what I said earlier um, and touching back on to other side effects from the COVID vaccine. Um, uh, I wanted to ask a question on um, uh, the delay in the Macmillan Centre, which has been put forward by Manx Cancer Group. And I'm picking up on a lot of their stuff that they're putting on social media. Um, very, very good group. Very, very responsive um, uh, fundraising, all kept on the Isle of Man. So I'd just like to ask a question on why there's been so many delays in getting this um, progressed on their behalf. Um, my second question um, is just a generalisation on how you guys feel about where the NHS is going. And I'm looking at um, information uh, from uh, every doctor which is um, sourced, um, uh, outsourced private care um, within the NHS, traced back to a company called HealthShore, which has been traced back to belonging to HSBC, Barclays and NatWest, and Connect Health, which belongs to Lloyd's. So banks are now starting to pay a big part in the NHS. So money is um, more prominently than ever now starting to overtake healthcare. 
um, on, on the private sector. So I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on, on them two pieces, where the NHS is going in so much as staying as NHS and privatisation yeah. and the delay in the, um, in the, in the Macmillan Centre. OK, if I take the Macmillan Centre first. So you're right, this is a group of people who are incredibly committed to improving cancer care on the island and we work really, really closely with the whole team, with, with David Gorn, uh, Judy Stokes and, and all the other people who support that piece of work. Um, there has been ongoing discussions. Again, it comes back to that point that I was talking to with a, another caller in that Manx Care doesn't actually own any of the buildings or the land that it runs services from. So this has been a collaboration between Manx Care um, in terms of supporting the positioning of the Macmillan Centre, a new Macmillan Centre. We already do have one within the hospital grounds. And I think that's really important. We we make that point. There is already a Macmillan Centre. And, and finding the new location for it so we can offer more services from that location Um, but again it's the Department of Health and Social Care who have to actually finally give the approval for that. That approval has now been given but I think these things always take longer just going through the sort of the due diligence and the governance of that but um, we had a really positive outcome in the last week or so and we expect to see some contractors and diggers um, and work starting on the site uh, just between Christmas and, and, and New Year. So it is now underway um, and we really, really look forward to it. We have regular meetings, so it's something we very, very much support and um, it will have huge benefits for the island. Just to, coming on to the future of, of healthcare, and I guess I sort of give a, um, a, a view from the Manx Care perspective in that... Um, we know there isn't enough money in the health and care system to do everything we wanted to do. Um, and that is causing us some some real problems. Um, it's caused us to be in an overspend position this year. It's causing us to um, really having to consider what we are able to fund next year. Um, and we've we've sort of tried to explain that as as transparently as we can uh, both to the public both to the department and set our budget but we equally know that um, we cannot keep affording to deliver the full range of services so there are some very very difficult decisions um, for Manx Care but particularly for the, the Department of Health and Social Care and the Treasury and Government as to what the amount of funding in health and care really does buy you particularly when you lay on the cost of things like pay awards inflation the growth um, and the the increased growth in services just even to stand still we needed um, over 27 million pounds of extra funding just to stand still and deliver exactly the same as we did last year this this year that's without any new service developments any additional growth in in the population so there are some difficult decisions ahead. What does that mean? I, I genuinely don't know. I am not the sole decision maker in this, but there will have to be some discussions about what is affordable. I mean, when, the, when, you, when you say things like that, Teresa Cope, um, at some point you have to give people bad news. You have, because technically, I mean, if not literally, demand for services is unending. It is. As people are living longer and longer, routinely into their 90s nowadays, nobody smokes anymore, so no one dies in their 70s of lung cancer and emphysema anymore because nobody smokes. Yeah. So people are living an awful lot longer. The 
pharmaceutical industry will be keen to sell you every drug possible. All the new equipment manufacturers will want to sell you the latest scanners. Absolutely. And at some point, you're the person who has to give somebody bad news. Absolutely. And this is a global, this is the global healthcare challenge. And, and we are not unique. Um, massively rising drugs costs, you know, I've already t- said, you know, our drugs bill is 9,000 and contracts bill is 9,000 more this year than last year for exactly the same level of service and that's without doing things like you know um, delivering the nice technologies additional um, investments in new services um, you know the, this is this is the problem we've got rising costs staff shortages an aging population and it will mean that we are going to have to make some difficult decisions if we are going to curtail the healthcare budget which we know we have to we know the island cannot afford to keep spending on healthcare what it has been or what it did commit to in the Sir Jonathan Michaels report. Unless the politicians make a difficult decision. Absolutely. But I know that is that amongst another, a wider set of competing priorities. Um, and I know, you know, education is just as important. Infrastructure is just as important. Um, adequately funding the police and the, the fire service is just as important. So healthcare doesn't have the monopoly on this. Um, but my role is to, is to make sure that, A, I'm spending the money that Manx care has wisely but that we are signaling what does the quality of healthcare look like we have just over the last 12 months had a comprehensive inspection regime from the care quality commission and from Ofsted in social care that has told us the standards uh, that we need to meet and the deficits that we currently have in us and in our system and those all have to be responded to um, with new services or business cases or additional investment. You know, we we have been incredibly efficient with the money that we have got. So just in the last sort of two years since Manx Care has been running, we have taken £15.7 million of cost out of this system. So if we, we have reduced our costs by £15.7 million. Now that is lost in the overall overspend, but £10 million pounds of that is cash out physically cash out and 5.7 is efficiency savings but we can't keep you know the standards in healthcare keep raising there are always new standards to reach new quality standards and our doctors and nurses and allied health professionals expect to work in a system which they can be secured and, and assured is is high quality and that does often cost money to get to that required standard and then maintain it. Okay, and a brief word about shingles. Um, I think public health have, have um, made a decision around shingles, and um, I don't know exactly the detail, but I'm happy to come back to um, to Dewan with that later. Okay, all right, thanks, Dewan. We've got to crack on. It's 28 minutes before one, live today with Teresa Cope, the chief exec of Manx Care. She's uh, along with Linda Thompson, care group manager for integrated women's, children's, and families, and Michelle Moroni is here, consultant in obstetrics and gynaecology. Hi, James from Tracy Bell here. Do you need new dentures? Do you need new crowns? Well, with nearly 60 years of combined experience, the team at Tracy Bell offer outstanding treatments and results in traditional and modern dentistry, customised discreetly just for you. Call 613323 or visit tracybell.co.uk and arrange your consultation. Tracy Bell, helping you to be better. 
perfectly timed for getting the beers in and the wine and the fizz and the spirits, not forgetting low and no alcohol drinks. ShopRite and WineRite have a fantastic selection of seasonal savers. 25% off six bottles of wine. Mix and match across the range. £18 for a litre of branded spirits. Bulk beers at incredible prices. 24 cans of Diet Coke and Pepsi Max, just £7. There isn't a drink left out. Festive savers at ShopRite and WineRite. Terms, conditions and price restrictions apply. See in store for details. Have you been invited to take part in the Household Income and Expenditure Survey? It's one of the most important surveys for our island because the information you provide is vital data for our island's financial planning. It helps us calculate our VAT revenue from the UK. Plus, it gives us a better understanding of the financial strains on residents so we can support those who are struggling. If you've been invited, please take part. Visit gov.im forward slash H-I-E-S for more information. When you need a fitting memorial or headstone for a loved one, contact Manx Memorials in Peel. This long-standing family-run Manx company offer a wide range of granite and marble headstones and memorials, along with an island-wide inscription and renovation service. Manx Memorial's skilled professionals will take the time to help you choose a suitable memorial, and we're proud to say we'll beat other local quotes. Call 843-861 or email matthew at manxmemorials.co.uk. There was no room in the Perspective Inn yesterday for the Homelessness Strategy and Children's Champions report. So, in the agenda before Christmas, all through the House of Keys, we have a minister stirring and even some cows. No wise men but Tinwald stars David Ashford, Claire Barber and Kerry Sharp are with us to give some good news for the homeless and for vulnerable children, as well as encouragement for campaigners seeking new laws to protect puppies and kittens. That's Agenda this evening at 6pm on Max Radio with me, Phil Gorn. Loads to stuff into this week's bumper Tinwald Christmas Agenda stock. The Man in Line with Andy Wint. And Neil's on the line. Hi Neil, you're live with Manx Care today. Good afternoon Andy and good afternoon to your guests. Um, it has been clearly apparent to many of us for some considerable time that the, that the department is under considerable financial pressure. Um, I just wonder, have the Council of Ministers actually sat down with um, Mrs. Cope and other senior executives within within the department and worked out a strategy for this policy of increasing the population. Um, the hospital, in in common with um, Salty Will Reservoir and um, and the Irish team, they were all put together in the early 80s and they were sized for a maximum population of 85,000. We are at and probably well above that now. So. Um, I wonder, is, is a strategy being worked out? Because when I see key workers coming here, they don't just, one person just doesn't arrive on their own. They have their wife, their two or three children, fairly, fairly obvious. But then, of course, they have the, the parents, the parents, brother and sister, both sets of in-laws. So you end up with a huge um, input of elderly people. Everywhere I, I cycle around now, I see loads and loads of elderly people driving around in their cars. So my question is very simple. Have the Council of Ministers sat down and worked out a strategy for this increase in population. Okay. Thank you. And if they have, have they spoken to Manx Care? We haven't done the detailed modelling. Um, you know, I think that would be a piece of work that the Department of Health and Social Care would do with the Council of Ministers. You know, we understand the aspiration. Um, it, we do need, we are currently doing a piece of 
what's called capacity and demand modelling across all of our services to understand what we anticipate the demand to be across all of those core services and specialties. Um, but in terms of the detail, no. But, you know, I, I, I do know we have got a very ageing population and we do also have um, people who come to the island quite late in life with some significant health needs. And, you know, I think the example you've just given is, is not untypical. Um, and I know, you know, um, people like Claire Christian have, have raised some of that in, in, in Tim World re- recently. I mean, what, when you hear the, the chief minister saying, I mean, it's government policy to get 15,000 more people here, 4,000 of them will be workers. They're obviously going to make demands on an already overstretched Manx care. I mean, mm. the crunch is coming, isn't it? It is, and I think the devil is always in the detail about, you know, the the, the, the composite of, of those 15,000. You know, what types of roles are they in? Um, you know, I would love them to be doctors, nurses, allied health professionals and people who work in the healthcare sector because that would really go some way to helping um, our our workforce gaps. Um, but, but yes, the devil is always in the detail as to, as to whether they bring children with them, whether the education system can cope with that, whether those children have any special needs, whether they bring extended family members who will have healthcare needs. Inevitably, we all need healthcare at some point in our lives. So it's probably unrealistic to think we just bring in young, healthy people who are going to contribute to the economy. We've got to take it in the round. And this is where ultimately we'll work with the Department of Health and Social Care to sort of do that detailed work. But, you know, as we sit here today, the answer to the honest question is no, there hasn't been the detailed working about what that actually looks like in practice for Manx Care. Okay, Neil, I appreciate your call. Thanks for being with us today. Here's a quick one in from Trevor. Just says, did Theresa Cope support the suspension of the work permit system? Um, We're not entitled to a view. Um, You know, we're not part of that decision-making process. Um, Actually, you know, I think we've talked openly on this show before. Um, Suspending the work permit system would would assist uh, Manx Care. It would take down some of the barriers around some of the more specialist workers and roles that we need within Manx Care uh, and would ease that path. Uh, Because it's been mentioned that um, more than 90% of work permit applications are not wave through but 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 a pass so i mean surely if you if you if you're aiming to get skillful qualified able people you should be able to, you know, the work permit system shouldn't be any sort of barrier, should it? No, personally, no, because I think what you're aiming to do, what I'm always aiming to do is to um, appoint the best person for the role. Um, And, you know, that sort of, whether that person is a Manx resident or or not, um, is, is, shouldn't be the first consideration. It's, it's, it's the best person for the, for the role. And some of our roles are heavily specialised. You know, we will always um, want to support the local workforce and and we we do that Um, and a lot of our local investment around um, developing roles within the organisation and training and development is to really support our our own workforce, our local workforce to have the skills but we also recognise that in healthcare and social care there are some highly specialised roles and sometimes we don't have those skills on island. Okay, Jerry's on now. Hi Jerry, you're live with Banks Care. Hi Andy. 
Andy, I just want to point out that I get the feeling, as they do in the UK, elderly people, that's all we ever hear now, is elderly people. I've just listened to Teresa saying about elderly people coming onto the island and the cost is going up because we're living longer, more medication, elderly people, elderly people. I've got the feeling that this lady eventually is going to start cutting down on the medication for elderly people. Do they need it or don't they need it? They're getting on a bit. What we forget, I don't know if she forgets, that these elderly people are the people who give us what we have today. Yet we get treated like the UK elderly people. There's too many elderly people on the island. I am getting tired of listening to people like her who said it's a growing population and we're all getting older, so we all need medication. I don't understand why the elderly people here and all over the UK don't know about Europe. They're suffering, constantly suffering. And we don't seem to be any wiser for what these people have done. Yet she talks about the elderly people coming onto the island. That means medication. She's quite happy, I'm quite sure, eventually to turn around and start cutting down medication for the elderly, not sending them off the island anymore to get treatment because they're too old. That's a that's actually that's definitely not the case and I'm I'm sorry if that's come across but that is that is not the case this is about being able to anticipate the level we know what the growth will be what the demographic graphic growth is and what the health needs to comprehensively look after older people is so whether that's um, social care services whether that's within hospital services medication things like the frailty service this isn't about not um, providing the appropriate care and medication for older people. That is absolutely not it. It's about being able to accurately predict the types of services those people will need to be able to live independently and longer. You know, we're a big advocate and in conjunction with the Department of Health and Social Care, we are looking at reforming the way things are done so actually people can stay independent and in their own homes for as long as possible and not need residential and nursing care as early as what they do. So it's quite the opposite, but just... Um, not acknowledging that we have a different demographic and a, a, defo, a demographic that will have increased health and social care needs is, is not what we should be doing. It is important we acknowledge it, recognise it, plan for it and put the right services in place. But there is a resource implication to all of those decisions. OK, Jerry. Um, no, no. I'm sorry, Andy. Absolutely disgusting. She shouldn't have butted in. I've got a right to speak. No, you can't. That was me who actually brought Teresa in. So just carry on there. But I mean, the point she's made, I don't think anybody says that old people aren't worth it. Nobody's ever said that, Jerry. They're not saying that old people are not worth it. It comes up in our conversation. We're getting an elderly population. I didn't say she didn't say that. Mm. To be rude and butt in is not really what she should be saying. She should listen to what I have to say first, then answer it. Okay, well, it was me who butted, uh, who butted in, so that's my fault. But anyway, we are we are tight for time, so what's your final word? No, it's fine. It's fine. Whatever I say now isn't going to matter any. 
Okay, oh, well, okay. Uh, well, um, uh, I'm sure that isn't the case, but uh, we're not. Nobody's saying that elderly elderly people don't count, and I probably count myself Jerry. as one of those. Very happy to chat with Jerry, and very happy to meet with Jerry. Okay, and but again, that's a uh, it's a it's an interesting point in that we talk about an aging population. Now that's happening all over Europe, isn't it? It's global. It's okay. global. Everyone's uh, living longer. And that's also down to the fact that the birth rate's dropping in Western Europe as well, plummeting yes. in some places. Yes, but it is really important that we put the right services in place. And um, it is about ensuring people feel able to stay in their own homes, remain independent in the communities. All of our strategies are around responding to that. But I think it is... As I say, it is just important we acknowledge that is a global reality. <laughs> and people who are in their 70s, 80s, mm. 90s are fit, active, independent often. And actually, there will require a level of healthcare intervention, which 20, 30 years ago perhaps wouldn't have been available. And it's, it's, a, it's a fact of life that there are many more people who are over the 100 years of age who are living nowadays. Years ago, and again, I go back to smoking. Mm. Uh, people used to start smoking at the age of 14, would retire at 65, often uh, having done very physical work, very physical work, in, in and uh, would be dead before they were 75. Absolutely. Now, very few people do real physical work. And I'm talking about, you know, when the days when dustbin men used to carry dustbins and coal men used to carry 100 weight sacks of coal. Mm. doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. And now people are living an awful lot, lot longer. Uh, that's A, that's fantastic that people live longer, but it costs money. It does. And that is just the reality. And that's, you know, we, we talked you know, on the show a couple of times ago about the frailty service and the investment that Manx Care has made in the community geriatricians um, and being able to really look after older people well, um, maintain their independence, get them on the right medication, um, deal with the sort of polypharmacy issues that, that arise. It's just a natural progression that it's important we plan for. But yes, there is a, a resource implication. But, I, you know, I don't want any person to think that means that we're going to withdraw services or treatment or they're not going to have the same access as somebody who's younger. That's absolutely not the case. But we do have to recognise the costs and plan accordingly to get the right services in place. OK, Judy in Colby dropped a note in and just said, I don't know if this has been raised since September. Manx Care put out a survey on the internet asking patients for opinions on services for women and asking them to rate services and ailments in order of importance to us, the patients. This included serious ailments like diabetes, antenatal care, drug addiction, menopause. Uh, so can the ladies explain, please, if the survey is in some way to inform spending in these services because I was worried at the time by this the survey also mentioned changes to women's services and what we made of them. I was unaware of the changes so I couldn't comment. Could your guest shed some light? So I think Linda can probably answer this one because it's the whole point of uh, Linda and Michelle being with us today to be able to provide yeah. a bit of feedback on okay. that. Okay, yes. Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll, 
I'll explain. The survey went out and it was a survey that had um, taken place across um, in England. NHS England had undertaken the survey. So we um, valued what the women of the Isle of Man thought in regards to um, how they felt we should um, design women's services going forward with a 10-year strategy. Um, Actually, the survey um, results that came through um, were very similar to that of the UK and um, the actual um, top areas were gynaecological conditions, for example, endometriosis and fibroids, fertility, pregnancy loss, pregnancy and postnatal support, menopause, um, ovarian, um, womb, cervical, vulva and vaginal cancers and mental health. So um, we're analysing all the data that came through with a plan to then reach out and form some focus groups um, with the aim to um, get the voice of the younger um, women of the Isle of Man and the older age range as well. Although we did paper copies and electronic surveys, we we recognised that we didn't quite reach these areas. So um, it's about designing services going forward so some of the work's already been undertaken so for the first time um, since April of this year we now have a tumour site for women cancers um, which was not um, present previously so we're now on par with every other tumour site um, for cancer for women's services additionally we have a lot of feedback on the island about pregnancy, pregnancy loss so we're working closely um, um, with Vicky Christian as a member of the public, so voices in participation to ensure that we improve services going forward within this area. And currently, the works are being undertaken within Nobles um, to uh, adopt a gynae ambulatory care and early pregnancy assessment unit. Okay, um, when will you come to some sort of conclusion about this? Is um, is there any change in policy, Linda? So there won't be a change in policy. So we need to go back to the DHSC with the findings of the survey that went out to determine um, what um, the DHSC wish us to mandate going forward. A lot of what was come out of the survey today is already established so it's actually business as usual it's just about growing and developing where those services might be delivered and how they might be delivered and by who okay we're live with manx care in just a few moments time woodburn house in the heart of douglas offers the perfect location to create your dream event if you're looking for a versatile space to host a corporate event or an elegant location to celebrate a loved one's life, at Woodburn House, we have the experience to bring your vision to life. Be inspired and contact our educated events team today. Woodburn House. Visit woodburnhouse.im or call 888 That's 888 Walk through the northern lights into a land of ice and snow at Ramsey Garden Centre. Indoor and outdoor lights, a magical range of real and artificial trees, decorations, gifts and much more. Christmas at Ramsey Garden Centre, Albert Road. Are you a reluctant landlord? Tired of tenant hassles? Cursed by constant maintenance? Tormented by empty properties producing no rent? Want to escape these worries or get out altogether? At Prime Lettings, we understand your pain and have bespoke solutions to release you from these problems. Ring us on 616 707 for a free confidential chat. Prime Lettings. We're on call and on the ball at 616 707. 
steam into Christmas with family and friends on the unique Isle of Man Railways dining car. Our winter events programme has something for everyone. Journey through the Manx countryside enjoying sparkling festive fun. To get into the Christmas spirit, book now by calling our Yuletide team on 697457 or visit rail.in and experience one of our festive train adventures. The Man in Line with Andy Wint. And Manx Care today, we're talking with uh, Linda Thompson, Care Group Manager for Integrated Women, uh, Children's and Families, uh, Teresa Copes, Chief Exec, and Michelle Maroney is, uh, is with us. And again, when did you first start on the Isle of Man, Michelle? Uh, I first, well, I was born on the Isle of Man, but obviously left to, to go to university and, and work in the UK. Uh, I came back uh, 1999. OK, uh, I've got a, a message here, and this is from Lawrence, and he said, uh, please don't take this as being lighthearted because it's not. I think Michelle Maroney has been responsible for more babies than Barry White music on the Isle of Man. <laughs> well, Why uh, would he think that, Michelle? Well, well, I don't know. I mean, I obviously, I, when I came over, I, um, I came over as a general obstetrician and gynaecologist, but obviously my main interest was fertility. And, um, and yes, uh, sometimes ladies need a little bit of help and sometimes they need IVF. And to be able to provide that, yeah, I'm, yeah I've been responsible for a few babies. You say that very quickly but that's been a, a, a long distinguished career in getting that right for many women and uh, it affects ordinary health it affects mental health yeah. it keeps couples together saves marriages sometimes it does it does indeed yes i think the fertility fertility problems uh they do they put a great stress on on mental health for both for both partners um and and it, it can it can be the breaking point of relationships uh equally the worries obviously are that that maybe couples have relationship difficulties and they think well if we can have a baby it'll all be better but sometimes that can even make the cracks the cracks wider so there is a lot of there's a lot of psychology and a lot of counseling goes on with uh, with the fertility uh, the fertility work that I do okay uh, it's a couple of quick questions for Teresa Cope will we ever own our own helicopter is that any sort of ambition I don't see us ever um, being able to have that money to to have our own helicopter. Uh, we get a service from Great Northern Air Ambulance Service through the through a contract, um, and uh, and I think that that serves as well along with our excellent fixed wing service. Okay, um, and uh, here's another one. Um, I'm just going to come to this. This is regarding uh, it's regarding money as well. How do you how do you answer the and it's, this is often levelled at Manx Care. Too many middle manage, managers, too many managers. Yeah, and I think it's something we're really really conscious of. Um, you know, we want our clinicians to feel supported and we don't want clinicians doing admin work. We want clinicians doing frontline work. Um, and and every contact and interaction they have is with uh, direct patient care and 
So it's always a balancing act. And, and I think sometimes for Manx Care, we suffer from a relatively small but beautiful size um, in that you still need one of something, whether you are running an organisation for 3,000 staff or for 10,000 staff, um, and whether it's a £300 million budget or a billion. Um, so sometimes the economies of scale is, is very difficult to achieve, but we scrutinise it very carefully and I would say we're not overmanaged. OK, um... Well, it's the end of another year. <laughs> Open invitation to uh, pop in next year. So thanks to uh, Michelle Maroney, the consultant uh, obstetrician and gynaecologist. Also, Linda Thompson, care group manager for integrated women's, children's and families. And Teresa Cope of Manx Care. So, uh, Teresa, a final message for staff and the people of the Isle of Man. Um, to our staff, thank you for all you do. Uh, you are truly amazing. And to the public, we are doing the very best we can and we will continue to be accountable to you. That's it. Back with another open line tomorrow on Manx Radio for Man in Line. Thanks to Chris Quirk on the phones today. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. W-I-N-T.